Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, so good to be with you again and so good to have Ben and Kaz with us in our service today. That was great, right? They're amazing. Hey, who remembers the week of prayer? If you're a part of our church, uh, it's five to six weeks ago, and it actually feels like a lifetime ago, we had those uh, 18, 38-minute prayer meetings in the week, and incredible testimonies have rolled through everything from physical healing through to addictions broken through to passion rising in people who had none. And incredible what we do when we come into his presence. And and during that week of prayer, I had a a vision in one of the nights somewhere uh, in the middle of the week, I think it was Wednesday, had a vision that was, uh, it it captivated me. And, And this isn't normal. I don't see things like this all the time. Uh, And I want to share that with us this morning. I think it's pertinent for us. But before we go there, let's go to the Word. So if you want to open in Psalm 121, we're going to read the first few verses here. From verse 1, it says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It's a a question that's that's asked. Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. And there could be a couple of different thoughts coming here. I lift up my eyes to the mountains and the mountains could refer to a looming danger. If you're journeying through, there's lots of places for bad things to happen as you're going through the mountains. There's, There's another thought here that it could be referring to like a place of refuge or a place of escape. I just want to escape into the mountains and and get away from everything that I'm having to to deal with here. And so whatever the, the imagery is that's being aroused here, then the question comes, where does my help come from? If we're trying to escape some obstacle or some opponent, where does my help come from? Where does my supply come from? Where does my strength come from? And so David here asks this question and then he reminds himself. He he answers the question for what he's seen come true in his life. And verse 2 he says, my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. And it's almost like if, he, if he's lifting his eyes to see the mountains, he, he tells himself, I've got to lift my eyes even further to see the one who made the mountains or is bigger than the mountains. And I lift my eyes to see the maker of heaven and earth. And as David reminds himself here, we have to remind ourselves, Or maybe you're a bit newer on this journey and and you're just figuring out this reality. But I want that to set a bit of the the framework about seeing the circumstance, but then lifting our eyes above it to see the one who is bigger as we then come to this picture that I saw. So in the prayer meeting, we were were praying, we were worshipping and had this picture in my mind. And I saw the, the earth as a sphere, like from from above and I could see see the whole earth and as it came in closer I could see there was a contrast between let's 
call them person A and person B. And person A was, was hunched over on the ground. They were, they were hunched down, not, not like kneeling in worship, but kneeling in uh, this kind of feeling a bit broken and lost. And I could see things in their hands, and it was, it was like straw, straw that uh, was just like wispy and, and falling away. And, and the clear sense I got was, was that these people were hanging on tight and their, their hands were tight to this, this straw. And it's things that used to feel solid in their hands. And it used to be almost like a mountain, something that was strong and solid, but there's been a, a shaping, a, a reframing, and, and they're seeing maybe this thing for what it really was. And now it's, it's seeming more like, more like straw. And, and for some, this could be very literal. And, you know, this was six to seven weeks ago uh, when, when I had this vision and the coronavirus was, uh, you know, it was being talked about, but it hadn't really affected us much here. And I think now as we look at what's happening in our world and even here for us locally, there is for some of us, it's very real that things that maybe we've held on tightly to where we're now questioning or maybe it's just fallen through our hands. Maybe it was a job or a career or a certain savings goal or uh, some kind of status or a security in this or that. And now through the season, it's, it's where we're realizing that it's not as secure in our hands as we actually thought it was. Maybe it's a little more kind of symbolic and, and the season has kind of just, just rattled us a little bit or, or we've, we've had some time or we've been forced to stop and think about what really matters and things that we've, we've held so tightly to that have been solid and have, have been our security, maybe we're, we're seeing some holes in that ideology, in those things that we were grabbing onto. And we're starting to question or even think on a, on a bigger or a deeper level. So that's, that's person A, hunched over. Person B was a stark contrast. And person B was, was standing, was standing. And as they, were, as they were standing, they had this, this sense of freedom. Their, their face was totally different uh, to the, the hunched over image of person A. And person B was standing, there was a sense of freedom and a, a sense of, it, it's the, the earth still looked the same, but they weren't the same on the inside. That somehow they'd seen something different. And as they were, they were standing, I saw it was like their, their face was, was uplifted and hands were uplifted. And they didn't need to grip tight or hold tight to things on earth because it's like they understood that they were held tight by someone greater. And so they were, <clears throat> they were standing in that, in that place. And so there was an epic contrast between person A and person B. And so I guess it's a, it's a question, just like we saw in Psalm 121, as David asks himself that question. We could ask ourselves this question today. Do I want to be person A or person B? What tendencies do I have in myself to be person A, to find my security, 
my strength, that, that which kind of anchors me and, and helps me feel robust, almost like mountain-like. What are, what are those things and are those the right things? Question for us to consider. Do I want to be person A and take a hold of things that are, that are temporary or that are just kind of bound on earth? Or is there something in person B, something in like who David was, who said, my help, my strength, my supply comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who's supreme, who's above it all, who sees the ultimate narrative, who sees above and beyond. And David had a connection with God that enabled him, even here in Psalm 121, where he he's not in a place of comfort in life, he's in a place of difficulty. And even for us, to, when we're in a place of difficulty, that we can see above the obstacle, that we can see above the opponent, and we can lift our eyes and see something of God and that's a challenge for each and every one of us and it's a decision that we make I want us to I want us to flick now to Psalm 63 if we let's jump across and have a quick look at Psalm 63 again here David in in a difficult position he starts off and in verse 1 he says you God are my God earnest earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. That I'm in a, I'm in a weary place right now, I'm in a difficult place. And he literally was on, in the wilderness, in the desert. And we can feel sometimes like we're in the wilderness. And, and here he starts with this declaration of God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek you as we continue in verse two. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power in glory. And here he's remembering the moments he's had with God through his lives. And as we position ourselves with faith leaning into who God is, we have moments with him that shape our lives. And and David is remembering these. And then verse 3 says, because your love is better than life. Man, that we would know God in a way where we could say, God, your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. There's a sound in my lips. There's a sound coming out my mouth. Verse four, I will praise you as long as I live. Whether I live for another day, another decade or multiple decades, God, I will praise you. In your name, I will lift my hands. I will lift my hands. It's a sign of worship, a sign of Surrender, verse five, I will be fully satisfied, fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. And we've all had a meal that we just so craved for, that we felt like, and man, it was a glorious, radiant moment. And that's what what God wants in terms of our connection with him is that there would be Moments where we would know a level of satisfaction in him that goes deeper than the best meal, the most wonderful house, the the best job, the ultimate achievement, the status we've been reaching for, where we could find satisfaction in him. And we can develop a relationship with him where that becomes our reality more and more. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, 
You are my supply. You are my strength. I will, I sing in the shadow of your wings. And again, as we see here in Psalm 63, some of the imagery of, of what I saw in that vision. As here, again, we see David, he's, he's making a choice to be someone who would sing, who would let his lips tell of the goodness of God. Someone who remembers where his strength and, and power comes from. Someone who remembers the God who's above it all. And we will put our hope and our trust in you. And there was, a, there was a clear part of this vision that is connected to the soundtrack, the sound. That, that firstly, in this, in this picture, there was, there was a stance. That person A, their stance was, was hunched over, almost like the circumstances were dictating. Person B was aware of the circumstances. They're, they were still involved in the things of life. They weren't turning a blind eye or living in denial, but there was an acknowledgement of, of someone who's greater and who's above the circumstance. And so there was a stance, a stance of faith to stand. And here there's a stance that, that David is talking about, and it's not just a stance, but then it's a sound. And, and there was a sound in the image that I saw, and the, the sound of person A who was, who was hunched over, the sound was hollow. It was, it was like a distant echo, and it's, it's like the, the sound of what was surrounding dictated. But then person B, who chose to, chose to stand and engage, person B, it was like the sound that they were creating from their mouth, it was not being dictated to by what surrounded, but the sound that came out of their mouth began to dictate to their surroundings. And there is a sound of faith that God calls to be alive inside of you and I, a sound that declares our connection with him, that doesn't deny reality, but it declares his goodness despite whatever we are experiencing right here and right now. And we're going to, let's flick over to Psalm, uh, actually, let's go to Habakkuk. Let's, um, we're going to go to uh, one of the final books in in the Old Testament to the book of Habakkuk. And, and here's a prophet, he prophesied roughly 600 years before Christ in a time that was difficult for the, the children of Israel, for the people here in Judah. And so what we see with Habakkuk is he is he's declaring there's a sound that we hear in this book, in the three chapters we have, where we hear the sound of his complaint. We hear the sound of his frustration. We hear some of the what the God, why God has this or that happened. And, and you, you, you hear his frustration and he doesn't internalize it. He doesn't try and hide it from God to pretend like he has to be a perfect Christian and have everything right. He lets it out in the right context. He brings it to God and we read his journey with that. But then at the end, he, he makes these strong statements, this this determination. So let's read together from verse 17 of chapter 3 in Habakkuk. He says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crops fail, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls. Now, this is a bleak picture, right? This is saying, God, I just lost my job. 
I'm concerned about this or that. When I look around the world, this is heavy on my heart. God, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm stuck in my house and I'm desperate to be with others. God, I'm this and I'm that. And he, he lets it out. And, and here, this is, this is an agrarian society we're talking about. And so all of these, these uh, the, the fig tree not producing and no grapes and no olives and pr- the produce of the field, no sheep and no cattle, this is, this is catastrophic in terms of natural provision. And so there can be very real circumstances that we face around us, or sometimes it's on the inside, in our heart or our mind, and it feels catastrophic. And it's instead of seeing this great fruitfulness that that maybe we had hoped for, even internally, it can feel barren or or bleak. And so so Habakkuk, he, he describes what he sees, but then he goes further than that. In verse 18, he, he, he turns it around and goes, I've just described my natural source, my natural supply that's lacking, but now I'm going to talk about the ultimate source. Now I'm going to talk about the supernatural supply that's over and above that. And so verse 18, he says, yet I see reality, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. It's Man, this is crazy. This, this is not easy, but this is who he's called us to be. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. And here we have this choice to rejoice, a choice to rejoice, which even just making that choice, it puts us in a position where I, I, I'm not rejoicing because I feel like it or because I've thought through the value of it. I'm rejoicing because God, there's something of you that I know and I want to know more and you're worthy. So I make a choice to rejoice and to, this is a, this is a verb. This is an action. This is to exalt God. This can mean to leap for joy that I will be joyful in God, my savior. Again, this is an action. This is to, to be excited and to find things in God that we are excited about. It can mean to shriek ecstatically and Maybe you want to make that noise in your house and freak everyone out right now. This could be a shout for joy. And there is a sound when I described person A who was seated, who was hunched over. The sound was an echo. It was hollow. When I described person B, that there is a stance and there is a sound. And there is a sound of rejoicing, a sound of praise, a sound of thanksgiving that we are built to have alive inside of us. It's the sound of heaven. This is the sound that is heard in heaven. And as we choose to have this sound, then it's a sound that invades earth. It's a sound that invades our heart. It's the the sound of heaven alive in our hearts and then alive in our homes as we do church in our homes. And this is a sound that the the final part of of this picture that I saw was, was hunched over person A looking up. And they were looking up at person B who was standing. And person be standing, having seen something of the goodness of God, not holding tight to things that are temporary, but knowing they are held tight by the one who is eternal. And there was this person A looking up going, it doesn't make sense. You see, person A and person B could have exactly the same situation, exactly the same emotions flying around in their world. 
And there was, there was this choice that revolves around a knowing who God is. And so they were, they were looking up at person B, and that is who we are called to be. This is a time for the people of God to rise, for us to find something in our God. And maybe we have to make the choice daily or hourly or moment by moment to stand again. And then we find ourselves hunched over or, or burdened. Man, and then, and then we choose, we just go there again and we, we put on that worship song that's going to help create an atmosphere that gets us into that zone. We're going to go to that psalm that strengthens us or phone that friend and say, come on, we, we just, I've got to shift my state because something is going on in my head right now that's unhelpful and I, and I need some help to shift it. And we, we choose, we determine what our focus will be set upon. Because if we focus around what we've lost or, or the straw that's in our hands or, or trying to make sense of it all, then, then we can get lost in that place forever. But as we determine to focus, if we're going to fixate on anything, I'm fixating on the goodness of God. I'm pushing in to discover who he is. I'm making the most of this season. God, I want to know you more. And you see, it's in, we won't, we won't go there for the sake of time, but it's in Acts 16 when Paul and Silas are in jail. They've been flogged, they've been beaten, they've been thrown in jail for preaching the gospel and setting people free. They, they were whipped and beaten with rods. And so their bodies are aching, they're in pain, and they find themselves in jail. And there is a sound that comes out of their mouths. It's not complaining. It, and look, they may have done a bit of that, but the sound that then changes the situation is the sound of prayer and praise woven together. They're in jail praising. The other inmates are going, what the heck is going on? What's wrong with these guys? What do they see that I don't? They grab everyone's attention. It leads to the jailer and his household being saved, discovering the goodness of God, joy erupting in his life as he sees the real Jesus alive in these people for the first time. And it shapes situations. And so let us be people who rise and take a hold of this reality that the sound of praise Thanksgiving, the sound of thanks is alive in our mouths, in our homes. And as we, as we worship and, and as we choose to be those people who would stand, we take a stance and sometimes you just got to get up off the couch. You got to move and, and position yourselves physically in it and it can help do something internally. We make a stance and, and then we make a sound and the sound of praise, the sound of worship, the sound of thanksgiving. And as we do, our eyes have gone off ourselves, our circumstance, because, man, we're so often so focused on ourselves and stuff. And as we, as we lift our eyes to him, we look above the mountain, we see the creator of the mountain. As we see him and and our focus is on him. It's like it does. It creates this atmosphere. It's a faith environment where God can move in our world. And as a, a former business owner, the, the most creative solutions to business challenges and new programs for me in my business came in moments of worship, in moments of praise, in moments of connecting with God. And then it, it creates an environment for the supernatural to flow. And so let's be those people who stand and, and own that atmosphere. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord. This finishes off the book of Psalms, or the book of praise. Praise the Lord. 
Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise is an action of giving honor. It's lifting from ourselves to see him. It, it rises from us seeing God for who he is. And then it's a natural response as we see him in his glory. We want to glorify him. And so we, we let this rise. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Verse two, praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Whatever you can find, praise him with it. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and with dancing. Woo! Praise him with strings and with pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals, with the resounding of cymbals. There's a lot of cymbals going on. They make a good noise. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so I want us to find that voice this week, to find that. And all on our social media all through this week, there are opportunities for us to do that, to lift that sound of praise as we choose to stand, to have that stance, I am person B. I am person B. A stance and then the sound out of our mouths, the sound in our homes, the sound of heaven giving praise, honor, glory, worship, thanksgiving to our God. And we're going to do that right now as we, as we come to a time of communion and we're going to sing a song together and I, I want us to take a hold of the, the cup of the bread representing the blood and the body of Christ. And as we sing this song together, as we, as we worship, I want us to take a hold of the victory of Christ and make that real in our lives, choosing to be a people in this season. I'm going to have this stance. I'm going to have this sound of person B. I'm going to worship, glorify, honor, praise, let thanksgiving flow out of my mouth. And as I do, God, I know it's just going to be an open door, a stance of faith for the supernatural power of God to flow into my life, into my family, into my world afresh. Let's do it. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.